Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you in proud partnership with Guinness. Big Jim and Goody are here as usual, but before we get into things, we've got an awesome competition to kick things off, thanks to Guinness. We have two tickets to give away to Ireland v England on February the 2nd, but to be in with a chance to win, you have to invite an opposition fan, and we're bringing fans together, that's what this is all about. All you have to do is tag someone you want to bring to the game on social media, so go and check out our posts on Twitter and Facebook to enter. Jim, we can go. Why would I want to go to that? Well, because you're an Ireland fan, I'm an England fan, I can tag, well, we're work colleagues, we're not friends, we're work colleagues, tag you in because you're an Irish wannabe, aren't you? Well, we'll see how they get on. Oh, okay. I'm, I won't know if I'm Irish until they beat England. Oh, okay. So well, Anyway, he's back! Here Thanks he is! I thought I'd lost my job for a second then. Well, um, Tim wants it. He came in with his best shoes on last week, didn't he? Yeah. Told everyone at BT Sport, apparently over the weekend, he wants your job. But it's good to have you back, mate. Thanks, guys. Very good, it's to, good have you to be back. It is. I've, I've got distance between us. Any cat food in New Zealand? Do they not do that kind of thing? It's not as though. good as over here. The, the quality of the, the meat's not as good. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? No, I didn't have any cat food when I was at home. Okay. We had a good break, though. I won't bore you with the details. But how have you guys been anyway? You been well? Very good. You had, had a good weekend, Jim? Yeah, I had a... What did I do at the weekend? I did the, the big game, big-ish game. Saracens Glasgow. That was a lot bigger than the game that I did. I'll what tell did you, you do? <laughs> I did cast against Gloucester. Oh, absolute dead rubber. But anyway, yeah. How was your weekend, Jim? Good. So I did the game on Saturday. Had the Sunday off with the kids, and then me and my missus have said we need to get something. We need to get like a date night in the diary. I mean, what the hell is that noise I'm making? I don't know. I've no idea. That's what goody. Um, yeah, so we ain't got time for date night. So we had a date breakfast morning this morning, which was nice. Bit put off my food, though. A what? date breakfast morning? Yeah, a date breakfast morning. I've never heard morning. of that. Yeah. So you're setting a new trend, eh? I am, yeah. So we said went out for a bit of breakfast this morning, and then Mrs. keeps looking over my shoulder. I'm like, what's going on here? Why is she not looking at the goods in front of her? There over my well, shoulder. There ain't much in front of her, is there? Well, I, th- I thought there was. See Gandhi's flip-flop behind me. That model, oh, really? David Gandhi, oh, yeah, nice. Gandhi's flip flop. Yeah. yeah, so he's a good looking boy, isn't he? Well, like it, I said yes. to my missus, he must be yes. he must be on steroids. You don't get arms looking like that being legit. Really? So we've gone out this morning for breakfast. She ain't looked at me once. <laughs> She's looking at Gandhi's flip flop behind me. I'm offended. Left the breakfast. Made a pay. Made a pay. Yeah, equality with my equality. credit card. Oh, jeez. And uh, that was our date breakfast morning. Me, my missus, and Gandhi's flip flop. Where, and where were the twins? They were at nursery. Twins have had hand, foot and mouth. What the hell is hand, foot and mouth? And blisters all over I have to be very careful what I say because it sounds like something else and I'm not going to say it. So it's, anyway, it's... Hand, not, it's, hand fucking... What? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. So the, the twins have got hand, foot and mouth and it's been an absolute shit show. Um, but we're back. We're slowly gathering life back by the horns. Gathering life back by the horns. I mean, you can't make this shit up, can you? We, we've got thousands, hundreds of thousands of listeners, and you've come out with that. Why? Can you just repeat what you said? Yeah, I said gathering life back by the horns, didn't I? Gathering life back by the horns. Wow. <laughs> oh, grabbing the bull by the horns would be one thing. Yeah, you can't do that now, though, can you? Why? Because it's animal cruelty. Yeah, but it's an, an analogy. Goody, anyway. <laughs> How are you? I'm gra- I haven't been grabbing life back by the horns. So you did the big game? Did the big game. And then what? Cast against Gloucester. Yeah. Saturday, yeah, Sunday. Sunday was tough. 
Why? Twins woke up at half nine. What, give, at night? Uh, no, in the morning. I'd give them the nannies the weekend off. Yeah. I had to get up with them at half nine in the morning. Oh, God, no, you didn't. Took them for breakfast. Bag of Percy Pigs for breakfast and then what? <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. Uh, took them for breakfast, let the missus have a line. And then... well, what do you give the twins for breakfast? I'm, I'm intrigued to know this because obviously. Well, he they... wants to know what you give kids for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Because he needs to look after his kids. Yeah. You want Baby to rice a... with a fruit pouch and. Some banana and some berries. Cakes and, and I, syrup or not? No. And then I had a full fucking English. And what are they drinking? Like, what do you They only to... drink water. Really? Yeah. Well, milk, obviously, as well. But they only have milk at night time. Are, the are they on the udders still or not? They've never been on the udders. Never been on the udders? No. no. Good on you. They haven't monkey. been on mine either before you say it. All I'm saying is monkey's toes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, and then went to wasps. We've got the wasps. Corporate hospitality. 450 people there yesterday. I mean, at least something's booming down there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, there'll be plenty more booming when Fekatara comes. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, my word. We'll get into the Champions Cup action in more detail shortly. Uh, But don't forget, uh, if you want to see us recording this or check out loads of other great rugby content, like Jim's interview with uh, Simon Zebo last week. Zebes. Just head to rugbypass.com. I do need to talk to you about that interview as well. Why? And the way you interview people. We're we're pretty close, right? We talk openly about things, right? Well, yeah, we talk together naked and... The shower sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I've got a bit of an issue. Go on then. And it's not jealousy, before you say it. Okay. Every time you interview someone, you're always like, we're mates now, aren't we? We're mates. Oh, here he is. Mm. We're mates here now, aren't we? Well, I had to question oh, it. Oh, are, we, are we friends? He came in, he gave me... A little bit of desperation. He gave Jim. me a bro high five, like as in we were brothers, you know, he embraced me and it's, I'm a little bit standoffish. I'm not overly loving. And I was like, this guy clearly feels an affection, a warmth to me that I need to reciprocate by asking him, are we friends? And of course, he laughed when I said it because it's like, are you being ridiculous? Of course we're bloody friends. <laughs> You're an absolute <laughs> legend. You are a legend. Um, but it was good. I went over to Paris, interviewed Simon Zebo and Finn Russell, which will be released around the Six Nations. But, you know, it was in the good, the bad and the very, very ugly last week yeah. about what went down in Ulster. It was interesting to hear his thoughts and he was very transparent and he was gutted. He was gutted that yeah. it happened. And again, I just keep thinking about it. It's a given that stuff like that shouldn't happen. But an Irish player going home to Ireland and that happened yeah, is, shocking. It is bizarre but yeah he was great lovely place get a ride in the Lambo no it was in for maintenance apparently oh. Oh, apparently that? my ass. I don't know who made that up why did you say he had a Lamborghini Hey, Finn Russell. Yeah, why you, did you say you that? You said Goody? he had a Lambo. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> did I? Yeah. White Lambo you said. Yeah. You might have Matt, said, I yeah. saw Lambo saw Lambo Pat Lambie. yeah I saw yeah, him yeah. there poor bloke retired yeah I had no idea when I was there he looked happy looked happy enough is it a nice kid actually Apparently, well, you look yeah. at the you look at the messages that he's received yeah, yeah. on social media. Yeah, he was smiling, which was nice to see, considering the impending news when I was there. But it's been released now that he's retiring. So wish him all the best. Right. Well, as, as we mentioned last week, Edinburgh winning on Friday night would mean that guaranteed two Scottish teams in the quarterfinals for the first time ever, and it happened. Hashtag always Edinburgh. Hashtag. What do you guys make of Edinburgh's win over Montpellier? Well, you go with Edinburgh. I'll go with Montpellier. Um. I look at it, and again, I'm not overly surprised. I think that Edinburgh have got a bit of confidence. Vern Cotter, my old mucker, said it after the game, didn't he? He said that this Edinburgh team have got a bit of confidence off the back of beating Glasgow back-to-back. Um, home victory against the Kings, 38-0, I think it was. And then they've gone over to Toulon and won that game. And, you know, you talk about big games. It was the biggest game that BT Murrayfield have had outside of the Scotland games in a long, long time. And... I think they. I think they did. I think they played really well. I think. I, I think they comfortably won the game. Really. Um, what, what about? Go on, Van der Merwe, on the dingling. Why is it now good? I mean, how good? How big is his head? <laughs> it's his whole body. Yeah. 
He is massive. Yeah. I wonder if he's massive as well. Without doubt. He's got everything, hasn't he? Yeah. Big, veins, strong, quick. Veins. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Veiny, <laughs> good looking. Um, he might have a helmet. Some of them do. <laughs> but no, they were great, weren't they? Um, and, you know, Cockers will get the England job now. You reckon? I don't know. I'm I don't know if he wants it. But I asked him. I asked him outright. I said, what do you reckon, Cockers? I don't think... I think that that ship's almost sailed a little bit, hasn't it? With, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's just one of those things that you ask someone now, everyone's going to go, no, I'm happy where I am. Of course you're going to say that. And I've said it a lot, being England head coach, it's not all a bed of roses. You know, everyone thinks the pinnacle is playing for your country, right? Is the pinnacle of coaching to coach England or Scotland or wherever? I don't necessarily think it is because there's a hell of a lot of pressure that comes with it. And you look at all the England coaches correct? over the last how many years, it's not ended well. And you look at all the England coaches now... The only person that wants to be there still, Steve Borthwick. Neil Hatley is apparently leaving, going back to Bath. Paul Gustard's left. Loads of changes. Rory Teague, Rory Teague left. left as well, yeah. So when you talk about give someone the England job, and I joked on Twitter, I said, I'll give Cockers the England job. Cockers is coaching now and, and his personality and his ability to manage situations, get the best out of people, is phenomenal. And what he's doing at Edinburgh is unbelievable. You ask him, do you want the England job? He's probably like... With all the shit that comes with it, I don't know. I don't know. I I, th- I think Cockers will stay in Scotland for a while, depending on what Gregor Townsend does. And I think that he's got a passion to go back to France at some point. Mm. I think it's he'll... interesting that you know we're talking nine months down the line, and even then, there's blurred lines between what Eddie Jones is doing and what he's not doing because of the contract extension they gave him. To you know, oh, it's weird. It's but weird. There could be eight hundred thousand reasons why Cockers would take the England job exactly after, that after the World Cup, but Edinburgh. Impressive home quarter, home home quarter now against Munster, who in Edinburgh's eyes will be beatable because they've played them obviously a lot, and they did Glasgow a favour. Two Scottish teams, eh? Are you Scottish now? I, I can that. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm always Scottish. There we go. Always, but I'm <laughs> loving this because you you wouldn't even give them the time of day. Um, but the flip side of it, give all the credit to Edinburgh because they were they have been outstanding during the group. They only lost one game, which was out in Montpellier, which they could have actually won. Um, Montpellier, all that money, all those star names. How shit were they on Friday night? What about the scrums? Oh my Danny god! Duplessis, off you come. <laughs> Thirty minutes in, ha ha ha! But then you look at it and you just sit there and you go, I can't see what they're trying to do, except just big men trying to bully people and run over people. And and then when that gets stopped, they go like one off runners. They're like, oh, so easy to what, defend. What, yeah. What do we do? A backline. Johan Goosen at ten. Nanguetha on the wing. Fran Stein at fullback. The players they have. I mean, there was Ruben Pina at nine. They had Pickamola at eight. There's a scrum, one of the first scrums, right? I watched it, picks the ball up from eight, literally runs into the nine, sees him, stands still, and then like three people tackle him. And then the whole pack has to get up, move back. I'm like, what sort of coaching's that? What sort of. That move's called a Louis Pickapoo. <laughs> I'm just That's what it's going. But is it the coaching? And this is why I tweet about it. I'm like, how French were they just the way they played? But then you've got Vern Cotter, head coach, Alex King, and Ian, Ian Bass, Bass as. Two other coaches. You've got Nathan Hines. There's no French. There's Julian Thomas, who's the, scru- the old scrum half, who's in the coaching team. No French people with a massive impact on that. There's only five French people in the starting 15. So you sat there going, "What? Well, I mean, I just didn't get it. You win the game, you qualify for Europe, and it was like the, it was like a preseason that they couldn't be bothered. Yeah, you rock up, you can't be asked. Oh, I mean, fair play to. I Edinburgh. mean, from what, what I've heard, they've lost the changing room. That's what Vern's lost the changing <laughs> room. That's horrible, what I've heard. <laughs> horrible bloke, Jim. But you look at they made loads of mistakes. There's loads of handling yeah. errors in that game, and fair play to, to Edinburgh. 
they've got a chance. Well, obviously they've got a chance because they're in the quarterfinals. And then it was a it was a pretty tight affair um, with Saracens, a thirty-eight nineteen, uh, six tries in the in the first half hour before uh, Saracens really gathered life by the horns and um, <laughs> gave the life by the horns. <coughs> they did. Uh, Saracens lost Farrell. Um, I imagine in the week, but it only got announced before the game because he went off for an operation. I mean. Obviously, he is a rock star, so he could probably do what he wants. But Alex Good obviously played at 10. Weird, though. Maybe not that weird. Lazowski stayed on the bench. Um, they see him more as a 12 now. So they, they, they were dealing with that Saracens before the game, which, you know, we all know how important Farrell is. Brad Barrett played his first game back. But he's, Glas- he's key for them. Isn't he, oh, he's massive. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, where, that's where they've been a bit weak. Not weak, but that's where they've not been their Saracens-like selves over the last three, four weeks. Yeah, just the way that he reads defences, how physical he is, and he ties them all together because he's a good lad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Glasgow, fair play, they give it a good go. Three tries in the first half, am I right in saying? Decent, wasn't it? Mate, they were good. Mm. Ali Price was outstanding. Yeah. Found a bit of space around that edge where Saracens, you know, if they, they, there is one weak spot, well, there's a couple sometimes to scrum, but around that kind of breakdown, we saw that, I know, we're going back to when Wasps put 80 points on Sarri's well, you I, I haven't mentioned that yeah you mentioned it a few times maybe it's just me having nightmares about it but they found space around there the way that Ali Price runs got a bit of width on the ball and uh, yeah mate, they weren't unlucky it was the right result they lost Johnny Gray at half time Ryan Wilson the captain so they got a few injuries in the game and they were left pretty thin by the yeah. end of it but they give it a good go mate yeah. good team again another well coached team that'll be a good quarter final as well won't it oh, I can't see Glasgow I can't see right. it but what they'll do is off the back of the Six Nations they'll get some of those boys fit again yeah and, you know, they'll look forward to that challenge because they attacked really well in that first half, I thought, at times. And they posed Saracens some serious threats. So, a lot of rugby to go between now and then. Obviously, Saracens are favourites, but Glasgow are out of a team when they want to be. And you touched on, on Farrell, but it doesn't, doesn't look like it's too serious an injury, does it? He's not going to be out for too long? I don't know. I've not heard of a thumb injury being operated on and being fit 10 days later. No. But again, said, you know... We're not doctors, I, though, are we, Jim? Well, I could have been. PhD. <laughs> we used to call my mate PhD, Pisshead Dave. <laughs> Does that mean you, that you stole on that and you're now a doctor? Well, no. When we're in Australia, so basically we're, we're in the toilet somewhere in Byron Bay, somewhere where there's a basketball hoop in the middle of the bar. So you imagine what we're doing. Obviously, flying off the table, slam dunk in the funk. <laughs> Obviously, 25 pints later, headed to the toilet. Some lads in there, nose pissing out of blood, crying. I'm like, mate, what's going on? What's going on? He's like, basically, just been filled in. I said, well, mate, you need a doctor. Next thing, Davey walks in. Davey's like, hey, he's got, hey, what the, hey, what the fuck's happened, Lee? Sounds like a Geordie. Comes in, he's like, oh, nose is all bust up. And Davey's like, oh, I'll fix it for you. And he's like, oh, are you a doctor? And I was like, yeah, he's PhD, PhD. Next thing, <laughs> nose back in, snaps, goes back the other way. It looked like Mike Tyndall's. It was horrendous. <laughs> I was like, mate, I think you look better. Yeah, are you, are you really a doctor? Yeah, piss out Dave. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, yeah. so we could, yeah, so I'm mates with a PhD. Okay. Anyway. But yeah, no, you talk about a thumb tendon, and we don't know enough about it, but an operation on a thumb tendon, seven to ten days. You haven't it pinned? What? I, mean, I don't know. I mean, but England travelled to Portugal to train this week. He ain't training, but there's only one fly off in the squad after him. There you go. Unless you call up Danny Cipriani, Eddie, but you won't listen to what people say, so you just do what you want. You'll probably pick Dan Cole at ten. <laughs> Who's playing a lot better actually? He is playing yeah, well, thanks for asking. It wasn't just two Scottish teams that made it through from the Guinness Pro 14 either. There are five teams in total from the Pro 14 in the quarterfinals, and we don't really need to go over the comparisons of the Premiership again because we all know your argument on that. But is there a worrying trend, Goody, especially that um, English teams aren't qualifying as much? Well, yeah, no, Goody's no. argument. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely not. To be honest, because if you look across both competitions, 
the Champions Cup and the Challenge Cup, there's 16 quarter-finalists. 16 quarter-finalists. Oh, there he is. There he is. Six of which are from the Premiership. Four French teams and six Pro 14 teams. So I, yeah, I think we're pretty well represented there, Goody, guys. no, 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 mate. Just because you do commentary on the Challenge Cup, like you can't be bringing that in here, mate. That don't count. We don't talk about the Challenge Cup on here. Never played in it. But we do. I, I don't. I've never you played have, in it. You have played in it. When? I don't know. I just no, I guessed. No, I just no. guessed. I, I don't think he must have at Edinburgh because they no, were garbage no, when you played. We were played. in Europe as well. I've want, never, never played in the Challenge Cup. Should we have a bet on that? What would you put on it if you're that confident? Well, I know that I've got 49 caps in Europe. Fuck, it should have been 50. I got 50. You got 50? You? Exactly 50, yeah. Okay. What's the bet? Yeah, what's the bet? What, what, what are you, uh, have you got the stats there? So, producer Tim's got the stats, Challenge whether you cup. have or haven't. Will you shave your beard? No, I'm not going to shave the beard. I'll donate yes. one of my Scotland jerseys. Oh. A lot <laughs> of a blood. Car, blood. To a car wash. <laughs> <laughs> to a, a charity chosen by Andy Rowe. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't give many of them away. Because I've got such good bloody memories in them of the nights out. So you're saying that you've never played a game in the Challenge Cup? Yeah, and what are you going to do if I have? Oh, I'll match the bet then, Jim. What, you're not giving one of my shirts away? They're worth too much. I'll give one of my England shirts away. Really? Yeah. All right, okay, all right, there you go. And and we'll donate uh, donate it to the Met Hempson Foundation. Okay, there you go. And you'll match the bid, Jim? And I'll match the bed. Yeah. You are horrid, (laughs) aren't you? Oh, yeah, well, I'll probably get a fiver for it, so... (laughs) We'll, so, auction, we'll, we'll auction it off on the podcast and donate the money. That's what we should do. Tim. Producer Tim. Drum roll. You're going to give us the... Ready, I'll give you a drum roll. You ready? Seven, <laughs> seven Challenge Cup appearances, Jim. You are full of shite. I just don't remember them. Oh, no. Gloucester. For Gloucester. Yes. Oh, I did, I, bloody Gloucester. <laughs> I, knew that, I knew they were shite. Oh, I wish I'd have done a bit more then. All I right. knew it. I was confident. I was confident you had. But anyway. Right. So you're going you're gonna to auction off a, Scotland, a Scotland jersey that you played in. Yeah. And we're going to donate the proceeds to the Mitt Hampson Foundation. Yeah, they can choose whatever team it is. I mean, I played against most teams. So the Romanian one looks great. That's, <laughs> a, <laughs> that's a great jersey. <laughs> oh. So did you guys watch um, the Leicester Ulster match at all? Yeah, I watched the I watched the highlights. I, I actually thought Leicester looked all right. I mean, I was stroking the dog and doing the maths homework at the same time. Stroking and, anyone else? Anything else? Or just my middle leg? Middle leg. Yeah. Um, and watching that, and I thought Leicester looked all right. But then I saw the interview with Jordan Murphy after. He was ragging. Was he? He weren't happy. He said that. He said it was. Did he say it was embarrassing? He, he, he looked that way. He said it was awful, basically. And I he, thought he Leicester... Doesn't, he doesn't hold back, Jordan. I like well, that. Yeah, he does. He says it how it is. Yeah. I, I thought defensively they looked a lot better. From what I saw on the highlights, again, so you can't really pass too much judgment. Scramble D looked good. Uh, they looked physical. Leicester, I'm talking about Leicester. But yeah, I mean, it's a big win for Ulster. Massive. Everyone thought they were going to go there and win. And Leicester made a proper game with the team that they picked as well. Yeah, first half Leicester were good, I thought, in, in parts. But then slowly Ulster just got into the game and... and Second half, it was all Ulster in the second half, and that they were deserved winners in the end. Yeah, they went thirteen 0 dead. Yeah, and I thought it was going to have to be Darren Cave coming on to score the winner, but he wasn't required, was he? Friend of the show, Cave, he was not required. But if you look what he did after the game, the bib was off. Oh, was it? Yeah, he's with the boys in the tunnel. Smart product placement. Looked like he just played Jim Hamilton esque. So I texted him this morning. Said, "Cave, did you get on at the end just to finish that up?" He said, "No, I just took my bib off just, <laughs> just at the end." <laughs> 
Well, we've got someone on the phone now that um, was very close to the action, right in the middle of it, in fact. And uh, Billy Burns is uh, joining us. How are you, Billy? Hi, lads. Yeah, all good, thank you. Congratulations on the win, mate. You must be pretty stoked with that. Yeah, mate. Yeah, no, it was good. It was, um, I can't imagine it was the best game to watch and probably at half time. Most people have written us off. But um, yeah, no, we did well in the second half. We came up with a couple of nice tries and uh, yeah, it was good to get over the finish line. Uh, can you just tell us how KV um, <laughs> helped facilitate that win in any way, just so we can um, oh, mate, question him? Honestly, I was rumoured with him the night before the game and the amount of chat I had with him about this rugby board, lads, you need to... He just settled down with him because he was—he wouldn't shut up about it. Was he loving it, no, or mate, is he—is he loving it, or taking a fan? He was listening to it before mate, the game. He's, absolute, he's absolutely loving it, mate. He's loving it. I think. Um, <laughs> now, nah, Kevin's doing a good crack. Obviously, he's been suffering, not getting much game time lately. But uh, hopefully, he'll get a shot this weekend. I think. Oh, mate, I'm sure we will be getting a run out this weekend. It's Benetton, isn't it? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely going to be playing. He'll be skipper of the Shags. <laughs> I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed you boys getting stuck into about going down to Connet as well. Yeah, mate. He, uh, the, he, did, he didn't take that very nicely. Nah, the big boys didn't play at Christmas, did they? So, uh, especially the away <laughs> games. Um, let's go back to the game then. Obviously, uh, Leicester is a pretty tough place to go and play. You, you've played there plenty of times with Gloucester and stuff. And you were 13-0 down after nearly an hour. Um what were the messages coming on from the sideline or even from Sir Rory Best as well? It must have been pretty nerve-wracking at times, was it? Yeah, it was, mate. I, like, as you boys know, I think going up to Leicester, the only only way you really stand a chance is sort of being physical and matching them in that in that uh, sort of area, especially up front. And we probably didn't. We we uh, They did a job on us at breakdown and we couldn't really generate any attack. And, and whenever we did get any attack, we, we weren't very accurate. So... It was kind of just, um, it was more of a man test. Dan sort of just picked on a few of the boys and, and, and sort of reared them up. And, and I think you've seen in the second half with the reaction, we just sort of, we, we were arriving earlier to breakdowns. We were getting a bit quicker ball, which meant we could put them on the back foot a little bit. And we managed field position pretty well and our discipline improved. So we could slowly sort of build a, a foothold back in the game, which was, uh, which was at, the, at the end of it, really the, the telling difference, I think. Well, actually, mate, the telling difference was some, someone doing a lovely little chip for Balakoon strike. Who was that? Who was that fella? <laughs> Oh, stop it, lad. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Man, um, honestly, let's talk no, about that. It was, a, it was a great chip. Was that something that you'd seen in the Leicester defence over the week or was it purely just no, instinct from yourself? Do you know what, actually? Uh, credit to, to Dwayne Bill at half-time. He said that for some reason, Leicester at the weekend, they, whenever you get into their 22, they, they, they filled the front line with 15 men, which I've never seen before. Sort of, Not even, a, not even Ben Youngs was in the backfield. And he just said, sort of a, a quiet word in my ear as I was going out to the second half just to keep my eye on it and um, we got ourselves in the position and, and there was acres of space in behind there and when you've got wingers like we have with the speed they've got and uh, the finishing ability just to put it in the right place and, and young Rob Balakoon came around and scored the try and I think for a young lad as well to, to go under the sticks it made a difference the Coons could knock the kick over from in front of the post so I uh, ended up winning to the game Well good on Dwayne Peelback mate give him a big shout yeah, for us here yeah, as well we mate big big yeah. fan of him uh, family I saw Freddie was there at the game was it did all the family go down in force yeah mate they were all there yeah they, uh, Fred managed to, to wangle a, a box out of Simon Cohen somehow so um, they were living up there um, I think Fred enjoyed going back and getting a bit of love from the from the Leicester fans which was nice but yeah no it was good to have him there I, I've not had them all watch together obviously as bit difficult for them to come over to Belfast but um, yeah it was good to have them there and, and they enjoyed themselves that's for sure well let's just talk about Belfast obviously you know the move came fairly late in in terms of planning wise uh, over to Ulster at the end of last yeah. season now um, you've settled in and the club this year has been remarkably different from what it was last year at Ulster um, you seem to have settled in really well tell us what it's like over in uh, Belfast at the minute and more importantly have you bumped into Titty Von Tramp Jim's nemesis <laughs> I've heard about this Titty Von Tramp and I've <laughs> 
I've been, I've been, I've been looking for her, but I haven't quite found her yet. <laughs> Just basically hang around the toilets, mate, in um, <laughs> certain nightclub. She'll be I'm here waiting with her. For, I'm waiting for Casey to give you the invite over, and I can just get under your wing, Jim, and follow you around. <laughs> but no, mate, the, the club's a great place. Obviously, it was, a, it was a tough year for the boys last year. Um, I think a lot of credit's got to go to Dan McFarlane. I don't know how well you know him, Jim, but he's come in and he's been, he's been incredible. Like he's just, he's just got people enjoying their rugby. It's, it's a great atmosphere to, to go into the club. It's, it's a good balance of sort of working hard and improving, but also having a, having a real good crack as well. And I think that's shown on the pitch. Like we pride ourselves on sort of doing the basic things real well and, and never getting outworked or, or outmuscled. And I think that's shown in a couple of our performances. Like. I think you probably would have written us off at the start of the season with, with that group that we were in the Champions Cup. And um, a lot of our performances weren't pretty, but we got the job done and, and we've got a quarterfinal to show, show from it. So I think, um, I think Dan's got to take a lot of credit. And also, like, we've, we've got a young group of boys here who are just hungry to, to win and, and, and uh, succeed. And there's a lot of lads who sort of been chucked in the deep end and they're just playing with no fear, which is, which is great. And um, that's, that's quite a dangerous thing to have as a, as a side. So it's, uh, it's a good balance. We're still a long way off where we want to be um obviously we we had it difficult in the interpros we probably didn't pick up as many wins as we as we'd want but hopefully we can get back uh get back on the horse in the league this weekend with Benetton at home mate i love getting back on the horse but you mentioned Dan McFarlane it's your first year as well obviously being there but it's the first time in 5 years that also obviously made the quarterfinals uh, and the reward for that is a trip down to local rivals but friends Leinster so congratulations yeah. i think uh yeah, thanks, not, mate. not one that you would have picked but um, has that been spoken about? I mean, obviously, there's, there's a few weeks down now until, yeah. until that takes place. No, do you know what? We, we touched on it a little bit this morning. Like, I think, um, again, this is what Dan's brilliant at. He sort of brought not just the playing squad, but all the staff in and just said, like, we've worked hard to, to get where, to where we are in, in that competition. Um, obviously, looking at the draw, there there isn't no easy teams, but Leinster's probably up there in, in the top one or two that, that are really firing this year. So we know that that'll be a tough challenge. Um, but it's, it's good for us as well. It's something to look forward to down the road. Obviously, we've got we've got some massive games in the uh, Pro 14 coming up that are really going to shape our season. Obviously, it's it's always a, a challenging part of the year when a lot of the uh, the Six Nations boys and go away. Um, that's right, mate. Cave, he'll take you. It, mate, he'll take him over to Benetton, <laughs> yeah, mate. It. Don't worry. <laughs> that's it, mate. That's it. That's where Cave comes in and leads the boys in. But um, no, nah, mate. Yeah, like it's, it's it's just a good atmosphere around the place at the moment. And stands sort of been, been at the forefront of that but he's also very keen to keep our feet on the ground so uh, we're not getting too ahead of ourselves just yet and then just looking back on to um, how you moved from Gloucester over to Ulster um, was it yeah. a difficult decision at the time or was it a case of as soon as you knew Cipriani was coming in you were going to move over there because also I noticed the Ireland squad got announced last week and Joe Schmidt actually name dropped you didn't he and said that you've been playing well so and you basically owned an yeah. Irish terrier once yeah so <laughs> so was that a, <laughs> was that a, obviously a pull or was it a kind of let's go and give it a wing and see what happens uh, do you know what I, I, I'd be lying if the Cipriani thing didn't, didn't play a part in it um, I'm one of those guys that I, I love playing rugby week in week out and and um, I just felt like I would I would struggle to get that at Gloucester and obviously Ulster was an opportunity that came up it's, it's a club with a rich history and uh, things couldn't really have fell into place any any better um, and sort of the first thing there was a lot made out that I came over here to just to play for Ireland but like I'm a long way off being a, an international quality fly half like I know I've got I've got a lot of things to work on until that happens and the main thing for me was to be coming to a club that I felt I could I could play at who were ambitious, who were playing sort of at the top table of Europe, and and I felt like that I could get that here, and it's almost felt like um, 
it's felt like a, a new club this year because obviously with so many changes, a lot of players leaving, it's almost like we've just started afresh and, and that's something that I'm really enjoying. So um, it definitely played a part. I, I, I left Gloucester with fond memories. I, I, I still support the club. I've enjoyed watching them go this year. But sort of weekends like the weekend just gone, they, they sort of um, they make me feel a lot better about the move and, and, and make me feel like I made the right decision. Um, last question for me then. Who's better, you or Freddie? At what? <laughs> at what? <laughs> uh, yeah, at what, at what Goody? Well, we'll start sure with rugby. We'll start with rugby. Uh, at the moment, no, we're both... We're, I, couldn't, I couldn't say it, Goody. I think no, Fred's, no. Played, Fred's been playing well. He's been playing he well, has. to be fair, especially after what happened with him a few, a few uh, weeks ago, months ago. Um, but Well, well he, was yeah. saying, he was saying that mum loves him more because he took her uh, on holiday to Dubai, apparently. So I know. What about that? He didn't <laughs> even tell me about that until they were on the plane, like... Unbelievable. All right, Billy, thank you very much for joining us, mate. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Cheers, lads. All the best. Cheers, Cheers Billy. Good Cheers, man. Bill. Top boy, isn't he? <laughs> you say that about everyone. <laughs> I know, but he is, though. He, he is. I know, I know. He is. And that he family is. are a very, very tight-knit family. They're all quality people. If you watch Freddie's Instagram or whatever, he's always hammering his mum on there. In, with you know making a dance and do silly things, it's a very nice family. They're, mate, they're, they're, they're very good people. Yeah, they're, mate, they're a great bunch. You know, and we speak highly of Freddie. Obviously, getting Billy on here as well. I was at Gloucester as he was coming through as a thirteen-year-old. He looked like at the time, and yeah, you know, aside the fact that they're great rugby players, but great bloke. And he, he didn't talk about it there. We've all spoke about Cipriani going to Gloucester, how well he's done there. But I know speaking to Freddie and speaking to a few people at Gloucester, he was gutted. He was gutted by the way that it come about. Whether that was because the business was done. The way it was done, I don't know about that, or the fact that he'd come all the way through Hartbury uh, and he was cementing his place in that team, and then to leave, I think it all came round quite quickly. Yeah, and it's it's harsh, but it, the flip side of it, it's opened up an amazing opportunity exactly for him. Right. And you can look back on it, and of course, you know he's left with a heavy heart because he was a Gloucester lad, come through the academy as you said, and was the first team fly half. But sport is now business. Yeah. And each club makes it like a business and they make ruthless decisions at the time that people think are right and wrong. And they saw an opportunity to sign Cipriani. They just jumped on it. And it's worked out brilliantly for Billy. Um, you know, for Joe Schmidt to name drop him when he was announcing his squad and saying that he's playing well, you know, there's obviously a few people behind Sexton that are pushing. It can only be a good thing for him. And he's um, young as well, isn't he? And, that, you yeah. know, Sexton's not, not going to go forever, is he? Nah. World yeah. Cup, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Well, Munster got down to business uh, defensively, 198 tackles, a massive effort given the lack of possession to, to beat Exeter 9-7 in the weekend. What did you guys make of that? Well, I was commentating on Cass Gloucester at the same time, so um, <laughs> the big game. Oh, listen, it was always going to be the clash of the round, wasn't it, in terms of what was on the line. Uh, yeah, there were other games that you could have looked at, you know, the Saracens-Glasgow game. Glasgow could have won the group, but the fact that they'd already qualified, Exeter had to go there. Didn't had they to go there, rock up and win, and and hope for a, a bit of luck along the way as well with with other things. And they were, it was a hell of a ding dong, wasn't it? The physicality, it looked brutal at times out there. Mate, it was so niggly. I don't know what Standers done. I don't know whether Exeter have absolutely juiced him, but he was uh, he were grabbing. He ripped Johnny Hill's shirt off in the mall, didn't he? I loved it how he tossed it away. As well. Well, of course, he was. <laughs> the, no, I think he's ripped it off and thought you look like a sack of shit. Right, I'm going to throw it as far as possible. <laughs> hey, Johnny Hill's got you. a good rig, hasn't he? He's all right. He's got a bit of a bum bag at the bottom, but yeah, he's, yeah. It's one of them where, and I tweeted about it. That it's, was the best tweet I've ever I've ever seen, mate. What What would you do if someone ripped you? Would you, would you be I'd run after it. Mate, well, I always wore a um, uh, a red tight Sports top bra. underneath, oh, um, yeah, just keep my shoulders, uh, feel shoulder pads in. Yeah, she so had shoulder pads on as well. well. No, I had those gel pads that oh, they put on. Horrid. Yeah, but Johnny Hill is he's, he's all right. <laughs> Mate, your tweet was brilliant. But it is <laughs> though, isn't it? What was it again? 
I can't remember what they say. Something about hiding. Something yeah, hide. Something about hide. Breathe in. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I said to him, "Yeah, breathe in, breathe and in, hide. and hide." I mean, that's gold. Isn't got, it? And uh, but yeah, it depends what kind of shape you're in. Do you know what I mean? Like Shabal, did Shabal get his shirt ripped off in one game before half open? Literally shred. I don't know what would be worse: Goody getting his shirt ripped off in a game, or me getting my pants ripped off in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I always didn't worry about one, that. One's big, one's small, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. So I, I remember I was chatting about it on the pod ages ago, and it'd be the worst thing that ever happened to me. So I remember I scored a try actually against Gloucester for Worcester and Freddie Burns was playing for, for Gloucester and I, it was a five minute scrum stepped and went through Freddie's like I can't believe you've done me and we went out for a night out afterwards but as I've dived over to score boys are piled on top of me one of the lads is trying to pull my shirt up and I'm just stood there trying to hold it down on the floor trying to hold it down and so I thought that's a brilliant gag to any fat kid around the the rugby circle so every time I tried to play against I was playing against Coley I'd try and pull his shirt up and he'd go fucking mad just to expose the belly. So, um, yeah, fair play. But, yeah, I do, I, but I do think it's I think it's not as bad. Like, there's that picture that went around of Paul Scholes where he's had his shorts <laughs> ripped open for the side. Basically, someone said, right, here's a cashew nut. Um, a load of ginger pubes. A load of ginger pubes. <laughs> We're going to stick that to your shorts. And then all the best for that because that's going to be out in the public domain forever. Sweet Mary and Joseph. Um, anyway, back to the Ruggers. Mm. Decent game, wasn't it? Yeah, it didn't. Obviously, wasn't any quality tries or anything like that. But as oh, a, it was a proper. But it was so physical. Yeah, like such a physical game. Like and you know, Munster play quite similar to Exeter, don't they? Like up front orientated. The more when they get a few meters out from the try line, it's all about physicality. And like you mentioned about obviously um, Munster going to Edinburgh, and I know there's obviously a gap now, and the and the and the, uh, the Guinness Six Nations as well coming up, but. Munster are primed in terms of that competition yeah. because the level of game that that was that you know that was put in front of them by Exeter. Who would have thought that last game? I said it before. Exeter going down there and Baxter said after the game, didn't he? They've probably learnt more about themselves in the route that they've taken to get to that final game. That's going to put them in good stead. Yeah, and you just hope next year for Exeter they're going to be in the Champions Cup. Yeah, but we say it year on year, don't they? They disappoint in Europe, and as Rob Baxter said, you hope they've learnt enough over the last two, three, four weeks and, and the earlier rounds as well losing away to Cast when Cast had a player sent off they shouldn't have done that um, losing at home to Gloucester as well um, so you hope they learn from it and um, well they've got Stuart Hogg coming over haven't they yeah. so I All think right, yeah. you know, and Goody's mentioned it before if they're lacking something it is that kind of little bit of star quality isn't it like you see I mean Leinster's obviously packed with star quality with Lowe as well who can who can finish them obviously Toulouse with Colby on the wing you know, you look at look at the best teams. They've got the, a little bit of star quality. Yes, they're well drilled, but yeah, that's probably one thing that they are lacking, yeah. which they've got next season. Goody, what's going on with Wasps, mate? I mean, it's it's unthinkable, <laughs> isn't it, to lose forty points at home? Um, there's four hundred and fifty covers in uh, the Andy Good suite. It was that's the problem. You know, it was just amazing. They've to, just put to too, too much emphasis on the food, on the drink. Like we signed two All Blacks last pitch. week, so you know, you know, Pekitoa, my favourite player. I mentioned it on here. Why is he favourite player? Ago. Why is he favourite player? I mean. He, the, the footwork, yeah, the strength, the balance, the third leg, the, the lot of it. He's got everything, mate. He's he, got I, everything. All I'm saying, because the, the the Islanders, I know he's obviously from New Zealand. He's Tongan. Tongan. Not that they they go cheap. Leamington Spa, where some of the more affluent people live, and the Wasp players kind of head that way. Have got a bit of dollar. You know, I saw was it James Gaskell. It might have been, or Mile walking around. Basically, they had, it looked like they had a cat on a lead when I, I saw it, but it was actually a dog. It was one of these small dogs. I actually thought it was a cat. Yeah, He was in Leamington Spa, 
saw some of the boys. Didn't haven't seen anyone in Cov. Fekato, cheap as chips, mate. He's like, I'm I'm in Cov. <laughs> and that nah, they'll they'll be Levington boys. All I'm saying, uh, you, you know, you don't say lock lock up your daughters, lock up your blokes as well, because <laughs> <laughs> if he gets into a scrap, he's killing someone. <laughs> yeah, no. Listen, Leinster were decent. Wasp showed a bit of grit. It's one of those games. Where, that, where was the grit? I'm just asking. I just I didn't see the game. Jamie, such no, where where is it? Um, Dan Robson scored a lovely try. Good player. We lose Launchbury, lose Nathan Hughes. It was a rough um, bad as well. No, James. No, James. <laughs> uh, Leinster, a quality team. Uh, there wasn't anything on it for, for Wasps, so you know to get your juices flowing a, a, as much as you can for a winner-takes-all winner game, which Leinster had to win the game. But Leinster scored some lovely tries. But the corporate that was a success. Corporate was fucking sold out, boys. So, yeah. <laughs> That's it's all that best. matters. All I know is it's the best corporate hospitality in the Premiership. It's so, the priorities uh, of Wasps. That's the priorities of Wasps. Because now if, if Racing and Leinster both win their quarterfinals, the semi-final will be in France. Could that be pivotal? Pivotal. Yeah, I get you. I know what you're saying. Pivotal. Who's racing? What do you call them? It's either racing, racing. or racing. Do you not call them racing? Racing. Is, is, it, is that my accent? Or racing. Um, yeah. So if 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 racing and Leinster both win, yeah, it's in France. Will will that matter? Uh, yes, I suppose. Because you'd say if Leinster were playing at the Aviva Stadium, no one ain't beating them there, are they? Correct. Mm. We saw that last year with Saracens. Saracens went there and lost. Then they had a semi there. I can't work it. It's like the Da Vinci Code. I can't work it out. Well, I know why they get a quarter, but then why the semi? So it's all about seedings now. So basically, James, Saracens finished top seeds, number, yes. number one seeds. Yes, I know that. So they play the, eight, the eighth seed, which was Glasgow because yeah, they were the, the worst yeah. of the three runners-up. I get all that. And then okay. second place, seventh. Yeah. Third place, sixth. Now it's getting difficult. Then four plays five. So I've done so yes. much. It's like a pyramid. So the top two. Just like knowledge. a pyramid. Just so, like a pyramid of knowledge. So for the semi finals, yes. it's then the highest seeded team. So if Saracens win their quarter final. Where will the game be? Twickenham? Possibly. Or where? It will, it'll be in England. Oh, so it'll be an English ground? Yes. Could be the mighty Rico Arena. Yes. They're, they're unbeaten there, I think, for a few years. So Are they? Since you last played there, Well, it? since the corporate so hospitality the, te- took mate, over what goes on on the pitch. Mate, corporate's amazing. Well, it sounds was. great. Um, so if Saracens win their quarterfinal, they are the top seed, so they will get the home country advantage. So they'll choose where they want to play. I don't think they'll have to... Different grounds have to say we can we can host it. Why do they make it so bloody difficult? But it's not that difficult. And then Racing finish second seeds. So if they win their quarterfinal against Toulouse at home, they will get the home country advantage for their semi-final. Right. Which means that they will play, if Leinster beat Ulster, Leinster in France. And yes, it is pivotal, because travelling to France... Ain't easy. Ain't easy. There's not many teams that have gone there and played Racing in Lyon in the final. Well, you didn't play, did you? walked away with a... What? Did you play? Yeah, I did. How many minutes? Uh, Six or seven. (laughs) Two. Toulouse, uh, 2017 over Bath. It was a tight game in the end, wasn't it? It was, and people have been um, talking about this game. The permutations. I was exactly. Gonna say, yeah, I can. You can read Jim. Yeah, I can. Permutations of the game. Toulouse go into a, a reasonably healthy lead, don't they? And then Bath clawed them back. And Bath thought, went into the lead, didn't they? No, no. Toulouse were always in the lead. Yeah, I didn't. Andy watch Rowe, it. you d- didn't watch it. So let's move on. Um, but <laughs> I it, didn't watch it either, mate. When they're talking about permutations, Toulouse, if they'd have got a attacking bonus point, would have meant they were going to Leinster. In the quarterfinals, but instead they now go to Racing, which they probably fancy themselves more to to beat Racing. Smart at the Paris La Défense Arena, they'll back themselves more to go there and win than going over to Leinster. So it's interesting, and, and we can perhaps talk to someone mm. that might know a little bit more about that. We've got fly half Zach Holmes on the phone. How are you, Zach? Yeah, not too bad. Um, a little bit sore from yesterday, but now I'm feeling pretty good. 
mate. I bet you were, mate. Another good win at the weekend. Um, we've got to ask the question because people are talking about it. Uh, the tr- the try bonus point. Uh, did you know if you got that, uh, what the permutations would have been, or was it just one of them? You just just play it as it was. Nah, um, I didn't know personally. I didn't know there was no talk at halftime or anything about what was happening in the Leinster Wasp game. I think even if you look at how we some of the decisions we made at the beginning of the half to kick for the corner when we probably could have taken points. I think we were trying to score tries still. Just the bar defence was, was pretty good and we just yeah, struggled to struggled to score in the second half. Obviously, Toulouse are in fantastic form at the minute. You've only lost one of your last 14 games, and that was in uh, Leinster last week. What's it like there at the minute? Obviously, I know Hugo Moller as a coach um, when he was at Breve. Two years ago, Toulouse finished 12th in what was their worst ever top 14 campaign. You arrived, and it's all been uphill since then, hasn't it? Well, the, the, the season I, I arrived at the club, there's quite a bit of change. Last year, we we had some pretty good results. We finished third, and we just got knocked out in the in the quarters against Cast. But yeah, there's a good there's a good feeling around the group. Um, I think you're seeing that with the number of guys uh, in the French squad. I think we've got seven guys in the French squad at the moment as well. Um, and yeah, it's it's competition for places, and everyone wants to be playing. So yeah, there is a confidence in the group. Um, that away win at Bath in the first Champions Cup game, I think, gave the group a bit more belief, and it's sort of the role sort of started from there. Yeah. It's, been going really well. And obviously Hugo's tried to change quite a few things at, at Toulouse over the last few years, moving on some of the older guard and, and a lot of the youth coming through like DuPont and, and guys like that that are now flourishing and playing well week in, week out. It must be great for you to play with a load of youngsters that are going to be bouncing off the walls energy-wise week in, week out, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm one of the one of the older guys <laughs> in the group, which, which feels a bit a bit strange. I think we've got Max Medar and uh, Johan Hugo, the only backs over 30, so it's, yeah, it's a very young group. You've got yeah, DuPont is only 21, 22, Intermax 19. Yeah, it's a very young young group. Um, yeah, a lot of energy and a lot of um, that youthful sort of exuberance uh, wanting to play and it fits into the, the mentality of Toulouse. And I think, yeah, it is enjoyable to play. We have the freedom to play. Like, there is always a balance between playing and, um, and, and, and controlling the ball and, and we do struggle to find that balance sometimes and even adapting to the conditions. But yeah, it's a, it's a great back line to play in for me because it suits, suits my style of game and, and I do have the, the freedom to sort of play, play what you want and that sort of transfers over to the, to the forwards as well. Yeah, it's interesting that because you've been in the top 14 a few years now. Me and Goody have, have both played out there as well. And, um, you know, I struggled with the kind of changing culture. But for yourself, having been there a few years now, like, how have you found life over there compared to, you know, the super rugby and home, if you like? Yeah, for me, I, I, I struggled to get continuity of, of games in super rugby. Um, and coming to France was sort of just sort of an opportunity, hopefully, to play more. And I got to play a lot in La Rochelle. Um, different sort of. Um, What's the word like? Uh, mentality there when Colazzo was coaching, it was a bit more the mad man. more ruthless if the performance wasn't up to scratch, and that was something a little bit uh, took me yeah, a little bit to get used to. Um, but thankfully, we went pretty well when I was at La Rochelle, and then coming here, it's yeah, it's it is quite different to Super Rugby. I think just even the structures and stuff. There's more of a yeah, there is definitely less structure and, and trying to adapt to that. But for me, it's sort of, I feel it suits my game more, playing with less structure and playing with guys who like to um, see things and take opportunities and then be able to 
playoffs that. Mate, definitely. Well, we'll talk about that now because you played sevens for Australia, so you know a thing about like the pace and the footwork. Cheslin Colby, have you ever played or have you ever seen anyone like him? I don't think you would have watched 2001 circa around that time of Jim Hamilton playing at Middlesex Sevens <laughs> against Wasps. I did not expect you to one. watch that. Um, yeah, you might have missed it. <laughs> yeah, of course. But, you know, Try to go find it on YouTube. please, you might have to troll through a few fights that are on there as well, me <laughs> killing a few people. But uh, Cheslin Colby, a lot of people are talking about him over here. Um, as well, I've just come back from South Africa. He, he seems to have such a name for himself around the world of rugby. What's it like playing with someone like him? You know, how is he as a player, as someone to train with as well? Yeah, I'm pretty close with with Cheslin and yeah he's a, he's a great dude um yeah well training with him is a bit of a pain in the ass especially if you're doing defensive drills you, you sort of just stick your arm out and hope he runs into it Chant touch. um but no he's i think i've seen what he did in super rugby um he was sort of just coming on towards when i was sort of almost yeah leaving and sort of seeing what he did in super rugby so i had an idea of what he would Spring coming coming to France, I was pretty excited when I found out he was coming to Toulouse after I'd signed here. And yeah, some of the stuff that he's been able to do and some of the tries that he scores, pretty unbelievable. And it's good for him as well to get the, the opportunity to play for South Africa as well. So I think that experience, he's come back and he's sort of taken his game to another level as well. So oh, it's good for us. And yeah, you just, for me, I just want to get him the ball as much as possible. And I probably yeah, we couldn't really get, get it to him enough yesterday. But yeah, when it's in his hand, yeah, yeah, you know something's going to happen. You can feel the crowd sort of expect something to happen as well. All right, Zach. Well, thank you so much for joining us and best of luck for the rest of the Champions Cup in, in the top 14 as well, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me. Guys. Cheers, Zach. Say hello to Ugo yeah. Mola for me, my old coach. He hates me. No worries. I'll, I'll drop it and I'll, I'll see what he has Cheers. to say. Ciao, Chesna. Say hello as well. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> he ain't seen me, has he? He hasn't. I don't reckon he's watched you play in the Middlesex Sevens circa 2001. I scored a try from the halfway line. <laughs> Jim, I swear it. to God. Why, like, why can't Stop I be good at things? It, Jim. I did. So you scored a try against halfway India line, from the halfway line with 14 on your back as well. I scored three. I scored three against <laughs> India. Um, um, yeah, no, so he's obviously Ugo Moller's coach there. He used to detest me at Brief. Why? Did he? Yeah, because I was like, we need, more, the- we need more structure and I need your lunch, Ugo. Give us your lunch. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> Where's Goody? <laughs> and you <laughs> You can uh, you can hear it the way he talks. And Zach's a, an instinctive fly-off, should we say? And he said it that he likes playing with boys that can just read something and play and, and try and create things. He would have loved me, wouldn't he? Uh, no. <laughs> he, he, I, I know. Like, I don't. I don't want to state the obvious, but he, I was like, he would have loved me, wouldn't he? No. Um, so when we were playing over at Breathe, myself, Sean Perry. Jamie Noon, Ricky Flutie, we're like, we need some structure. These forwards haven't got a fucking clue what's going on. Um, so he goes like, just play, 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 play. So yeah. We give the ball to Cheslin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, it must be, uh, they're doing well to lose. Mate, they are a good well. player. To lose, not to lose. Get exactly. it? Exactly. Oh, nice, nice. Let's just quickly uh, preview uh, the, the quarterfinals. Only two teams have ever won away in 16 previous quarterfinals since the competition changed format. Became the Champions Cup in 2014. Can you see anyone winning away this year? Yes. Who? Who? Monster. You, look, like, you're just so derogatory, aren't you? I'm not. I just Man, think I, I, was, I, um, I spoke WhatsApp. I talked him up and said the bloody corporate lounge is doing great. It is. It is. No, um, um, I, that's the only one you could probably. I don't think. I think Edinburgh beat them. I, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm saying that, not with my heart. I'm saying it with my head. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying it, it's not going to happen. What I'm saying is, you look at all four quarterfinals, and which is the one that you look at and go. But you say could be in a way. Yeah, but you say that on past. History. I'm saying it now. You, no, I'm not saying. Are you saying history. watching how the teams are playing? Watching now Munster and watching Edinburgh. Yeah, 
smashed Toulon, comfortably beat Montpellier, yep. smashing Glasgow well, back well, to 19, back. Well, 19-10 is not that comfortable, is it? But, but it, it was a comfortable you know, you know. win. Yeah, it was, it was what I'm saying is Munster have got European credit, pedigree. They've got players like CJ Stander, Omani, Carberry. They'll pose a diff, very different attacking threat. Oh, yeah, um, fair enough. They got to Edinburgh. And Edinburgh, listen, you know, I, I think they've done really well. And Cocker said, why can't we go on and beat them? And why can't they? But if you're looking at all four quarterfinals, you've said Glasgow got no chance of beating Saracens. You've said that on here already. Yes. Ulster are going to Leinster. Leinster don't lose at the Aviva Stadium. Toulouse are going to Racing. Toulouse, get it. Exactly. Uh, Toulouse is away form. How good's it been in the top 14? I don't know. I think Racing have got too much for them. So the one you look at and go, is there a one that you could debate either side could win it is the Edinburgh Munster game and you know I've, I've said hashtag always Edinburgh enough so I'm hashtag always Munster Well we'd normally do our mentions at the end of the pod but we've had two come in that we wanted to read out the first is a shout out to a rugby loving guy called Harry and his family Harry's 10 years old and has a very aggressive form of cancer for the second time his family are trying to raise 500k for pioneering treatment for him and you can find out about Harry at madaboutharry.org it's madaboutharry.org and anything you can donate would be hugely appreciated Also, we got this email through from Alan's mates, uh, which we wanted to read out. Gents, I can't describe how much me and the lads love the pod. Jack and Roy Jim and the Belly Monster brighten up our commutes. This is all about our mate Alan. Unfortunately, Al was taken to hospital a couple of weeks ago with sepsis. He has been in an induced coma for almost two weeks after having his arm amputated. We all believe that he can still hear us, so we've downloaded all the rugby podcasts and they're currently playing by his bedside. We hope you can give him a shout out and his beloved wasps so that when he wakes up... He'll be supporting Leicester. (laughs) (laughs) So that when he wakes up, he can hear you idiots wishing him all the best. He's an ex-Wasps player, Derby vet, stalwart, and a member of the Derby Gentleman. The level of support he is getting from the NHS and the support from his family is amazing. Fingers crossed he'll be back with us soon. Good shout. Come on, Al. Fight it through. Listen to the pods. Um, It's really actually touching to read stuff like that as well. We come on here and have a laugh and, and, and say what we think and all that stuff. But, you know, when people are using the pod to put smiles on people's faces and, and you're seeing and hearing about things like that, Alan, we wish you all the best as we do with, uh, with Harry, yeah, Harry, as well. Harry as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you speak about it, like we do, we sometimes screenshot stuff and send it over to each other because ultimately there's a lot of value in having a laugh, not taking yourself too seriously. And, and having a smile on your face. Yeah. Well, we'll quickly uh, head into the news now. What did you make of Eddie Jones saying it might play nine forwards and Jack Noel could be like an extra forward from the wing? Yeehaw. Yeehaw. I don't even want to talk about him, really, but, you know. <laughs> He's doing it for attention. I tweeted about it and Jim tweeted about it as well. You know, yes, Jack Noel's got traits that he's good around the breakdown. You ain't going to pick him as a seven. I just sat there going, I mean, Eddie, you had a pop at Sexton and referees. Yeah, what did he say? He used Jim's phrase. That Sexton's got a bat, bat phone. phone, bat phone to the and, yeah, and you know what? I get, I get that. That's all right because previously I know Joe Schmidt's defended Sexton and said, "Look, he gets a bit of rough treatment." Uh, but the way Sexton plays, he attacks the gain line harder than most tens. He's going to get bumped. He's going to get hit. He's going to get targeted. He's that important to them. That's part and parcel of it. Being a ten, being a the leader in that team. Same thing would happen to Farrell if he took the ball to the line like Sexton does. The other thing is Farrell does the same. Farrell chats away, so he's targeted that, and he said, "Look, he's got the." The ref's in his back pocket. That's fine. But to say I'm picking Jack Noel at seven, uh, you know, I'm going to reinvent the game and play like a knight. Just shut up, Eddie. Just coach your team to be better. And be humble. You picked a squad 
that I've generally got excited about. You know, I looked at Why? the order. How did you feel excited? Well, I was sat on the toilet and I came up and I was... What came up? Mate, you can't, you can't <laughs> speak. You can't speak like that on wow. air. Came up on my phone, the, the squad announcement. But no, it's, you know, you look at the squad, you've got Billy back, you've got Mako back, you know, Manu's in some good form now. We got Cruzo back in. Yeah, we, you know, we got players picked. Okay, you can argue that certain players should have got picked that haven't. So you can always do that. Alex mm. Good, uh, Danny Cipriani, Don Armand. But that squad he's got there now, I'm like, actually... There's no fear factor. There's no, you know, we've had a good autumn, and I say good in terms of results. Performances were okay, but we could have lost three out of those four games in the autumn. We didn't. We won three out of the four, and we could have beaten the All Blacks. So just worry about, we're playing Ireland first up. I'm going to prepare my team. Don't say stupid things like, oh, I might play Jack Noll at seven and play nine foot. Shut up, Eddie. Rumour mill. Fikatawa confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah. We, we, and I can let everyone know now that Fikatawa is my favourite player because I've said it on here and people have been asking me everywhere. I'll be walking down the street. Goody, who's your favourite player? Are you, are you are you religious? No. But you're looking you're looking for your religion now, aren't you? And Fekatawa, you think that he's going to save the world. You think he's going to save Wasps, don't you? <laughs> That's what you think. Um, no, he's a great signing. Honestly, I've always loved uh, watching him play. I think he's absolute quality. So yeah, you know, obviously we've signed him. We've signed Jeff Tamunga Allen, the biggest tighter prop I've ever seen in my life. You seen the size of him? The kebab shop is getting hammering. <laughs> the kebabish. They're in business. So yeah, those two confirmed. Aaron um, Cruden. Yes. To Bath. Well, it doesn't really help when uh, Mohamed Altrad comes out and said, oh, he's not really what we were expecting. We're paying him a shitload of money. He's been injured a lot. He's been he? injured like a lot. Times and he's like, which ain't his fault. Uh, no, but <laughs> Trade bazaar. <laughs> when the owner comes out and says, Vern is very good. Aaron Cruden, not what we're expecting. Um, so, you know, Aaron Cruden's a bath, potentially. Uh, Nick Phipps. To London Irish. Yes. There's another one for London Irish as well. Oh. They've got cash to burn. Mate, I said, we mentioned Steve Maffey, and that hasn't been confirmed yet, but if we get that one right, we are, I was going to say we're the icebreakers. Another one. I don't know what we are. <laughs> Adam Coleman. He's a big dog. Is he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. we all? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard Adam Coleman I might be going to London Irish as well. They're looking to ring fence, aren't they? Any more? Perry Baker. Wheels. Very fast. They like them quick there. What was that other lad called on the wing who played for them? And Gwenya. They got previous. They have bring got it, previous. The quick lads. But also, they're in Prodi Duh. The pitches are absolutely shocking. So Perry Baker ain't going to enjoy running. No, he isn't. It no, rains no. a lot in Biarritz. Good luck to him. Chase the kicks on. And kick of the balls. And talk of um, big balls. Lions have big balls. Yes. And this guy got bit by a lion. I mean, see, I'm bringing it back in here. Scott Baldwin. So we bring the balls in there. Scott yeah. Baldwin. Yeah. To Quinns. Yes. Luke Wallace going to Bristol's. Bristol's. They're flashing the cash, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they are. Of course they are. All right, well, let's uh, finish things up with the good, the bad and the ugly. Yes, obviously, lots of good this week. We'll start off in the Challenge Cup, shall we? And um, we're going to start off at one of my old teams. I always like to involve my old teams in the good. They beat Stade Francais at home. Anyone see Ollie Lawrence's finish? No. Hell of a finish from Ollie Lawrence, anyway. Uh, good old Bromsgrove schoolboy, my school. Great we met school. his dad, didn't we? We, we did, did. Yeah. 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 He's a great player, actually. Just re-signed with Worcester. I'm surprised some of the bigger clubs haven't snapped him up. Decent player. Hell of a finish. Uh, Andy Urin. Urin. Say again. Andy Wee Wee. Andy Urin. Andy Wee Wee. Andy Urin scored five tries for Bristol against NSI in a 100-point win. Oh, my word. That is like literally a remake of the India game, but anyway. <laughs> five tries. You ever scored? You didn't score five I tries in your three. career, did you? That was it. Andy Urin scored in five. That was pretty special. Back in the Champions Cup now. Now, Norwich try for Leinster. Pretty special. Offload central. Ball out the tackle. Brilliant to see. Uh, talking about offloads, Thomas Williams. What an offload. We talked about Bill Matters last week. Very, very similar, but at pace. 
being shoved into touch. Ridiculous offload, uh, which created a try for Owen Lane. Tyg Byrne, Algebazi for Munster. He's injured now as well, he apparently. Is, he is. He's out. I think he's out for a good chunk of the Six yeah, Nations. He's been awesome. Monstrous performance. Friend Just of the show. Dominated the breakdown. Uh, he was phenomenal for Munster. Um, we'll talk up the Irish provinces, shall we? All four made the knockouts of their respective competitions. So tip of the hat to all four Irish provinces. Happy with tip of the hat, Jim? No. No, okay. Uh, what else was good this week? Edinburgh. Hashtag always Edinburgh. They topped their pool, getting a home quarter final. No one would have given them a chance looking at that pool. Oh, I did. No, you didn't, Jim. But yes, I did. they've got their home quarter final. That was outstanding. But for me, the good this week goes to the English Premiership clubs. Getting six of them into the quarterfinals across both competitions. Fuck off. Oh, the most Come on. out of any country. In Europe, we've got six Premiership rugby. Yeah, I, I know ruling the roost. You know, because you're going to be doing the Challenge Cup, aren't you? Commentary. That's why. Smart. <laughs> no, just talking about the Premiership clubs. Six in the quarterfinals, boys. You can't fault it. That's the good this week. Vile. Uh, the bad. Uh, Montpellier. Thought they were absolutely shocking in yeah, their game. It's just, it, it needs a reshuffle up top, I think. Just what, just what I'm saying. You want Vern out, do you? You want Vern out. Um, so French, even though they had only had five French starters in that team. Uh, really poor performance away to Edinburgh the Welsh regions none of them have made any of the quarterfinals so unfortunately the Welsh regions you go into the bad what else was bad Timosaurus Saracens and NSI both chipping over 100 points against Saints and Bristols that's not good for the game but the bad this week goes to Eddie Jones attention seeking saying that he's going to start play Jack Noel at 7 just ridiculous Eddie are you okay are you okay? The bad this week goes to Eddie Jones. And the ugly, only one ugly for me this week, and it's a real sad story. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we spoke about it earlier, the retirement of Pat Lambie due to concussion and ongoing symptoms. Real shame, quality player. Played with him at the Sharks. Really nice bloke, as as a lot of people know. So sad to be retiring so early. Thanks, Goody, and thanks, Jim. And thanks to you for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our new Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. The rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. pod.